You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. Please feel free to call in 608-501-0718 is the number to call. Don't have any new callers today, but new callers go directly to the front of the line. With that said, let's get started with 1265 fan. Ryan. Yeah. It's 1265 fan. It sure is. Yes. What? What? Okay. Yeah. I know. You got it. I got the oh, job. Hey. Ooh. I did get but it. What's really nice? Their first offer yeah. was three dollars an hour less than what I'm making now. Right. And I asked them if they could at least come up a dollar. Yep. They called me back in a half hour and came up two dollars. Wow. Rock on. <laughs> you guys are good luck. I gotta keep calling in. Go pack, go. You should, and congratulate. I'm surprised. I've, I'm, I'm. That's weird to me. I'm. I mean, it's great. But it's weird. It's like I'm gonna pay you ten dollars, and you're like, "How about 12 And they're like, "I'll, I'll tell you what, fifteen. <laughs> like, oh yeah, for sure, fifty. That sounds great. But no, that's awesome. Congrats. Oh, and I also realized when I mentioned that you saw my truck, I have a Packer truck. I failed to mention that. So that probably made no sense when I said that. Yeah. So anyway, got a big G in the back window, Packer plates. She noticed. Came by. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it sounds like you're doing everything right. You're calling into the show. You got Packers decals and stuff, plates all over your your truck. Um, You're destined for a phenomenal life. That's just the reality of things. So keep on um, being perfect at everything. Hey, uh, Pack Daddy. Oh, my goodness. So I'm listening to your uh, second Twitter conversation thing. Um. And uh, I know you're not a car guy, but I want to give you insight into a car guy's brain for like one five seconds. Uh, first, uh, when you said that you were, you know, sitting in the garage, taking an engine apart and putting it back together. Yeah. Well, to me, that's the best time in the world. Horrible. I love tinkering with things. Taking an engine apart for a year and a while while they're running, you know, fixing it, putting it back together and having that thing start up and serve. Dude, I was downstairs playing Donkey Kong 
And he's like, hey, and there's nothing wrong with it. He just, there was just an engine. I think his dad gave it to him. It's, it's not, we didn't fix it. Not that that would have made it better in my opinion, but um, yeah, man, people just are wired differently. Some people are wired that way. Um, I know I took one of those personality tests or whatever, and actually my my daughter, we gave it to her when she was younger, just for fun, just to see where she ended up. And one of the things that it said is she'd probably be good as like a mechanic or something, which seemed unusual because I wouldn't have thought that. But it's just it's just the way certain people are wired, I guess. You know, I know there's a lot of kids, especially young boys, that like to just rip stuff apart and see how it works and put it all back together. I'm 100% not wired that way. So that was an awful experience. I was busy with my video games, and um, he interrupted that so I could stand there and help him unscrew stuff and then try to figure out how to put this mess back together and... Um, get scolded for what I'm doing wrong, which, uh, yeah. No, that sucked a lot. Greatest thing, greatest thing. Uh, second, I'm actually down with you on that Astro van. But see, yeah. I'm, I'm for a different reason, All right. right? So so while you like the creature comforts and how perfect everything looks that said the Astro van, yep. the second said Astro van, all I thought of was 4.3 liter V6, all-wheel drive oh, fan. It was beautiful. Slap a turbocharger on that, and you've got a 500 horsepower all-wheel drive minivan that'll bump the doors off a of Ferrari. So I'm, I'm, I, the first car I had was the Astro van, and so people might be surprised to find out that thing, <laughs> that thing was pretty hardcore. Um, first of all, when I was younger. I didn't really pay attention to my speed. And so, for example, if I was driving from Illinois up to Wisconsin to go to grandma's house, there would be sometimes a lot of open area. And anytime there was a car like way up in front of me, the only goal was to catch up, right? And so you accelerate until you get caught up to the person in front of you and then you slow down, right? I wasn't much into the whole weaving in and out of traffic thing. I'll sit behind you. That's cool. Um, but you know, whatever. So anyways, there were times when I caught myself doing pretty comfortably over 100 miles an hour in my Astro van flying down, uh, which had to have been a pretty funny sight as people are watching me just fly doing about 110 um, in my Chevy Astro van. So, and I, again, I wasn't trying to be a, a, a D-bag or trying to show off or whatever. I just, I don't know, just, I, I'm trying to get somewhere. So go as fast as you can, I guess. I just, you know, you're stupid when you're young. But yeah, it wasn't a struggle. <laughs> I didn't struggle doing anything in that van. It was uh it was a freaking ox. Thing sat outside in the wind. I never drove it like when I went to college. The uh, guy at school was like, "Dude, you need to go start that thing. You can't just let it sit out in the cold like that." So, he's thinking it's going to be another car guy. He's thinking it's going to be this big project like trying to get it all started. What? It just fired right up. No problem. I'm like, "Oh, all right. I guess uh, I guess you're good." Oh, I miss it. And yes, very comfortable, very easy to drive. Um, futon fits perfectly in the back, which I know it sounds a certain way, but we would drive around and like people would just chill in the back, like going on a liquor run or something. Got somebody next to you and four other dudes in the back. Again, wasn't as cool as you thought, but we're going out and just doing whatever. Laying on the Mouton, man. But yeah, it's good times. The only thing that sucks is trying to get those seats. They don't obviously have like the fold down seats. These are 500 pound seats made of steel that you got to try to like pull out and maneuver out of. It was kind of a, uh, it's kind of a pain, but worth it. 
visited my brother several years ago or whatever, but he had this old wagon. Wouldn't think anything of it, but you get inside and you just see all the stuff. And it's like you said, it's, it's nothing fancy. Like it, the dash is all torn apart and everything is like custom and it's got all these switches and all kinds of stuff inside this thing. And um, yeah, it was a uh, stick shift that was like massive. <laughs> you know, like it looked like it was a big giant truck. But um yeah, very unassuming looking like station wagon looking thing. And yeah, we we um he embarrassed a couple people in that car, which was pretty funny. Um Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's the way to do it. Um but I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, related, it's food related. If you had to pick a steak dish that couldn't go on the grill or in the smoker. So as everybody could tell, that was very hard to understand. I think you said steak dish. Let me go listen to that like seven more times. So steak dish and what sides can't put it on the grill or smoker. I really feel like filet mignon would be a good way to go. You know, some people might say you might want to go with like a, a New York strip because it's got more of a beefy flavor, so it doesn't need all that extra smoke and maybe. But it just feels like it needs it. You know, they just feel like grill steaks. Filet mignon, I, I feel like is, don't get me wrong, you want to put it on the grill, but um, I think you could get away with just getting a good sear on it, popping it in the oven. And um, as far as sides, I, I know it sounds not fancy, but I kind of like fries. And part of the reason I like it is when you get those big old fries and you pick them up and they were like sitting in that steak juice. And so they're kind of like soggy steak juice fries. It's pretty good, man. Otherwise, I mean, baked potato is a classic. Mac and cheese, whatever. But yeah, I kind of I want to like throw back to my old like going to the restaurant and getting what I think is fancy when I'd get like the uh, steak and ribs, like a half slab and then a steak and then the fries. And you got like some fries that are covered in barbecue sauce and some of them are in steak juice and it's feeling all fancy. Probably go with that. I'm, j- I'm just going to say filet mignon and fries. As pathetic as that sounds, it's uh, it's got an element of nostalgia to it and I just kind of want it. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. Uh, we're heading across Tennessee right now, heading for Pennsylvania. Wow, you've traveled and fast. Weren't you, weren't you just in the desert? Do you, you guys, like, rest? <laughs> you ever... You ever think about like getting? I, I know you can sleep in that thing, but I don't know. Stay put, or is it just nonstop driving? Just fill it up and keep going. Because I swear you are you're calling like daily, and one minute you're on the East Coast, next day you're on the West Coast, and just back and forth and back and forth. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys cover some ground. Wow. We talking about Jordan Love and different aspects about salary and stuff, but I have a question for you. I have a Third, yeah. You know, Jordan hasn't gotten hit in three years. He hasn't hardly played. Are we in danger of seeing him get hurt because he hasn't been hit that much? 
or hardly at all. He's, you know, in practice, he's protected. He hasn't had that much game time. We all know that boxers go in the gym and they have guys that beat on them all the time since they're used to getting hit. Same thing with football players, but Jordan Love, not that I think he's soft or anything, his body just was not acclimated to getting hit. My question then is, could this be a possible problem with Jordan's first year? Anyway, thank you for listening. So very possibly, um, my thought on it is more like, you know, when you get out of exercising and then you get back into it and that first day or first week or whatever, you're super sore. But then after a while, that that soreness thing kind of goes away. I mean, you can still get sore if you push it too much. But that initial like, dude, I haven't done this in a long time. My body's not used to it. Shock and awe that your body goes through and then doesn't allow you to move because why would you do that? We're never going to let you do that again. You kind of just got to get through that first phase. So I guess what I mean is, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, I don't think there's any difference between Jordan Love, who hasn't been hit in three years, and Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't been hit in six months, because they're both kind of out of shape from the standpoint of getting hit real hard, and they both need to get conditioned to get back into shape. Um, You've even heard... I think it was Rodgers or whoever, certain guys just saying it feels good to kind of get the first one out of the way because there's always kind of those jitters of like, oh, man, I don't want to get hit. And then you get hit, and you're just kind of like, all right, all right, now we got that one out of the way. Now we're ready to go. Let's get it going. So I don't know, but I wouldn't think there's like a continual level of softness that continues indefinitely or over the course of many years so that it is going to take even longer for him to get back into that football conditioning um, obviously again, I could be wrong, but that, that's just sort of how I've always viewed that. So when let's just say Rogers and love are both on the team or whatever team, I, I think they're both in the same boat of needing to, uh, experience that kind of to the same degree or same level. Maybe there's a little bit more, uh, for Jordan. I don't know. Probably going to be more jitters, more uncomfortable with getting hit, but I, I personally don't see it as a major issue could be wrong i don't know any football players out there let me know all right the answer to the last trivia question uh the quarterback from the movie remember the titans kip pardue that's the actor's name um he played sunshine and the school that he played defensive back at is yale dang it so if you got that right good for you um i'm gonna probably hold off on the next trivia question because um through through nobody's specific faults, um, pretty backed up on on calls. Haven't even heard the first trivia question yet, and it's been quite a few days later. <coughs> but yeah, so I'm gonna wait a couple days for calls to get caught up here. Go back, go. Well, the good news, Nate. I think we're gonna get caught up today. Uh, there was just a ma- when I asked on social media, I got probably thirty or forty calls. So immediately we were we went from like I don't think I can do a podcast to dang, we got a lot of calls to get through, which is a great thing. It just makes it hard to do like these types of very specific things. It also is, it was always a problem when it would be like a Packer game or anything specific to that day. Cause it's like, we need to talk about it, but we're three days behind. So, but yeah, I'm, uh, I have not gotten one correct yet, at least in its entirety. I'm really upset that I missed that. I'm, and, and I'd like to argue, <laughs> not that it's debatable, but I still feel like, um, you complete me is uh, 
more memorable than you had me at hello. But, you know, whatever. I don't care. Bunch of stupid people that say stuff. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Illinois. Hey, man. Um, thinking about the draft lately. Thinking about... Uh, been happy about trading back yeah. in what we can get. Um, I like what's been falling to me. Of course, it's just mock drafts, but I've been going crazy with two top-end tight ends right off the bat after trading back. Uh, I could get down with that. Um, I know we've gone after multiple of the same position in drafts uh, before, and I've always been a big fan of it. Even when we went Jair, we went that other guy. Yep. Um, then we went with receivers at one time. We've yep. done it with running backs. We've done it with offensive line. I think tight end this year. Let's do it. Let's get a, like three or four of them. Let's go crazy. Later. Yeah, and the good thing is, you know, even though there's obviously misses, it seems like we pretty much hit every time. You know, the last time we swung on multiple receivers, we got MVS. Um, when we swung on, on three different running backs, we got Aaron Jones and Jamal. When we swung on wide receivers this year, we got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samori Ture. How many of them turn out to be studs? I don't know, but I doubt that they all flop. Um, yeah, and you said Jair and then Josh Jackson, I think was a very ne- next pick. Well, Jackson was a terrible pick, but we got Jair. I think that was the same year we got, or was that, was that Josh Jones too that year? I don't know. Maybe that, no, that was Kevin King year. I don't know. Yeah, Josh Jones, I think, was the Kevin King year, and Josh Jackson was the... But yeah, when, when we take multiple swings, especially, um, well, I'll say three or more, you know, you look at the the year we, we went with three six-round offensive linemen. We got John Runyon in that group, and that's six round. Um, we swung at multiple offensive linemen this past year. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, and uh, Walker. And we got Zach Tom. So yeah, I mean, if if, if you're telling me you have to waste three picks, but I promise you one of them is going to be a stud tight end. I think I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, I, I would rather it not, but that, that sort of is the other question. How early of a pick do you want it to be? Do you want to spend a second, a third, and a sixth? Or should it be more like a third, fourth, seventh, like we did with offensive line this past year? Obviously, if we can get a really good player doing that, I would prefer that which is kind of why I've been wondering about that in terms of, you know, tight end is a big need for the Packers. It's a really talented tight end class. So everyone assumes, well, that means first round pick or at the very least second, but probably first round pick makes the most sense. I wonder if it's going to be more quantity over quality, especially considering we really don't have any tight ends on the team right now. We're going to need probably more than one. So, I mean, it's possible they go first round and third round and fifth round or something. But it's pretty unlikely considering the uh, the fact that it's the tight end position. You know, we won't even do that with tackles and wide receivers. Why would we do that with tight end? So it feels to me like an either or proposition. If we get, for example, Kincaid or Mayer or Washington or whatever uh, in the first round, I have a feeling we won't touch tight end for a while. And I know it's always best player available, whatever. But um, I just think that they will ensure that that is the case. You know, you won't see a second round, a third round, maybe fourth round. Kind of fourth, fifth is maybe when I would start to think they would take another swing. But I don't know. I mean, if if the the other thing, too, is we get too uh, strategic and mock drafty about, well, what if we just took three, six? Well, you don't know who's available in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. So you can't 
you can't plan these things out. So the other way to look at it is, although maybe they would prefer doing that, if they really like a tight end in the first round, if he's if they really believe he's a good pick, they're not going to say, nah, let's just take four guys later. Well, you don't know who's going to be available. Maybe everybody you like, and, and they've played that game in the past. You know, we could maybe jump way up and get Justin Jefferson, um, but why don't we take some swings later? Well, Jefferson leaves, and then other guys leave. They wanted somebody in the second round, and he got sniped. They wanted somebody in the third round. They got sniped, right? We, we learned about this. They, they're like, oh, we'll get somebody later. And they kept, guys kept getting stolen from them right before they picked. So playing that, eh, we can get somebody later game might end up with them being left high and dry and not really getting any. So if you need it, if you want it, and if they're sitting there, don't get cute, just take them. Now, of course, that applies to all positions. It's not just a tight end thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of competition. That applies to the, the tackle position. You don't want to wait for that. So we will see, but I, I'll say this. I'll be kind of stunned if the Packers don't take, um, I want to say at least two swings, but I, that still feels kind of like a bold proposition. We'll see, I guess, what happens. You got free agency and everything else as well, but let's say I'm 99.9% sure that they're going to draft a tight end at some point in this draft. I'm about 51% sure they're going to take at least two swings, but how that all pans out, we'll see. Anyways, it's a little bit early, but we only have four calls left, so why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. We'll come back in just a minute, and we'll get all caught up with our calls here. Please remember, now that we're caught up, we're going to need that flurry again, so if you've been waiting and biding your time or whatever, now is a a very good time. 608-501-0718. Hopefully, we'll have some news for you to talk about tomorrow, Um, so maybe wait for that, but uh, call in and let me know your thoughts on life. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's happening today? Oh, not much. Um, Saturday morning, so uh, at least as of now, there's no big news about Rodgers or anything. Right. I suppose that could change these questions I'm going to ask, but um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask a couple questions. First one is, if you, uh, let's assume the Packers either, just put the draft to the side. Assume we have zero draft picks, okay. and you only have free agency to work with. Okay. Um, 
who who are you targeting to fill our biggest voids? You know, you're probably looking at safety, tight end, maybe a vet wide receiver, although I'm kind of against that. I want the young guys to get time to develop and um, maybe one guy, as long as he's okay being a you know, third or fourth wide receiver, you know, maybe an offensive lineman. I don't know. So just want to look at it only through the lens of free agency. Who are you seeing? You know, I've heard Jesse Bates. I love that. I don't know if we can afford him. Anyways, give me your thoughts on that. Um, my second question is, um, the news did come out this morning about Jair and Preston Smith's contract restructures. Do you think that is um, indicative of the Packers knowing that Rodgers is coming back? Or maybe it doesn't matter because they, regardless of if it's Rodgers or Love, they want to make a push to win and they believe in Love. What do you think there? All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, so I think um, they wouldn't have done this if, if Rodgers – if any of this was contingent on Rodgers, they, they've got another probably two weeks, two and a half weeks before they absolutely uh, have to do anything. And so, um, yeah, I don't think, and, unless obviously Rodgers came back and said, hey, I'm doing this, and therefore then they kind of had a little bit of a better picture, which does make sense. You'd want to wait and see what's going on with Rodgers. The difference is, and I've been saying this for a while, I, I really think regardless of the situation, it's going to look similar. They need to free up space. Um, if Rogers stays, they need money. If Rogers leaves, they're going to need money. So, um, either way, they're restructuring things. The, the only, the only difference is, you know, maybe how much or how you restructure might change based on each given scenario. But I think since they've already done it with Aaron Jones and now they've done it with two more players, um, I think it just kind of indicates that the the plan doesn't really change either way and they just want to get the deal done when they get the deal done because that's the other thing it's not just entirely up to them how they restructure it they got to work with uh the other players too so once you get the okay it's like oh sweet you know the only thing i've ever said is looking at it from the other perspective and that is um does this make it more likely rogers would come back or or could this be the packers trying to get these in as quickly as possible in an attempt to um telegraph to Rodgers that they want him back. In other words, I don't think that this is pointing to a decision being made. However, this may have an impact on how things go moving forward. And and it is kind of interesting because if you really didn't want Rodgers back, and, and maybe, again, you don't really have a lot of wiggle room in terms of when you're getting this done or how you're getting this done, but if you really didn't want him back, re-signing as many of these people as possible and rushing to get it done, as opposed to kind of leaving it hang out there like, yeah, we'll see about Preston. I mean, I guess you know Jair and and Preston are probably going to be here this year. So they are just doing the obvious ones. They have not touched David Bakhtiari yet, leaving that as sort of a question mark. Not really, but, you know, maybe. Um, And then, of course, there's Randall and Mercedes, which are probably two of the biggest ones um, that are currently not on the team. So I guess you could still say that they're kind of telegraphing that they don't really, I shouldn't say don't want them there, but are not going to do what he wants. I don't know. It's 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 mostly. I mean, you you could play either side of it. So, if you want to believe one thing or another, you can. I think there's a big enough lack of understanding of what's going on that you could try to fill in the gaps however you want. But there's not enough concrete. Like there, there there's not enough here to sink your teeth into to say this is clearly what makes the most sense to me. As far as free agency, and um, I don't want to dissuade anybody from calling in, but uh, as I've said before, this is absolutely always my least favorite question. Um, (laughs) 
I have a list here of what has to be 750 different free agents. Um, it's so hard to parse through all this. I don't really know. As of right now, we have no money to spend in free agency. Now, are they going to free up more money and get us some more? So I, don't, I've, I have no idea. But just going through the list, I mean, you've got tackle Orlando Brown, tackle Tyler Lewan, um, defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, pass rusher Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, you got Yannick Ngakwe, Jesse Bates, Nelson Aguilar, Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Sterling Shepard, Rodney Hudson, DJ Chark, Jadavian Clowney, Jordan Poyer, Jimmy Ward, Matt Ioannidis, George Fant, Connor McGovern, Evan Ingram, Jason Kelsey, Adrian Amos, Devin McCourty, Randall Cobb, Justin Pugh, David Onyemata, blah, 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 blah. And so those are just a handful of people at positions of potential need. But let's just focus in on safety because you mentioned Jesse Bates. And again, this may be the biggest position of need. Also, something else to consider is that free agency is a good time to fill needs at least to the point where you're not desperate. So if they were to go out and get a tight end or bring back a tight end or whatever and get a safety, you kind of put yourself in a position where we are able to take the best player available regardless of position, as opposed to saying we absolutely have to take a safety or we're screwed. Um, I will say, in, in addition to Jesse Bates, who I'm very skeptical of, especially considering he is considered the top guy and all the money and everything else. He kind of reminds me of a Darnell Savage. He flashed and then kind of fell off. Um, high upside, high athleticism, all that stuff, very young, but going to cost a billion dollars. Um, one of the other guys that was mentioned, I was going to bring it up on tomorrow's podcast, but didn't, is um, a, I think it was PFF, put a potential landing spot down for safety Von Bell as the Green Bay Packers. Yep. In fact, I didn't close that. So yay for me for doing something that helps me for once. Here's what they had to say. 2023 team prediction for Von Bell, who they have the as the 46th best free agent available. They have the Green Bay Packers. It says the Packers have invested a ton of resources on the defensive side of the ball the past few off seasons to no avail. But here they replace pending free agent in Adrian Amos and Rudy Ford, addressing a glaring need on the back end with former first-round pick Darnell Savage playing more in the slot down the stretch in 2022 after getting benched for poor play at safety. Bell has logged more than 1,000 snaps in each of his past three seasons while earning run defense and coverage grades above 60 in each. Bell's 33 defensive stops in coverage over the past three seasons are seventh most among safeties, and his 51 defensive stops and 18 tackles for a loss as a run defender over the past three seasons, both rank fourth. He's an incredibly solid all-around player who will be a nice addition for any team this offseason. Von Bell's expected market value, according to Track, is $9.7 million, which is to say the Packers could end up getting him for relatively cheap. If you remember back uh, when we had looked at what certain guys tend to get in year one of their contract, if it's an average salary of $9.7, we're paying him just below four million because the year one is usually ish around 40 percent so 28 years old salary cap hit this year of maybe around four million dollars not an elite player but a a just solid sort of um just raising the floor 
you know, so it's not the worst thing in the history of the world, and we're not desperate for safeties when we go into the draft. Um, I don't have a personal opinion of Von Bell, but I do like the general, you know, idea of that concept of everything that I laid out, the price, the player, the age. I don't have an issue with that. Oh, man, and Trucker Bob's just sending in the calls now. All right, uh, let's go with Dan next. Hey, Ryan. Uh, just thinking about the draft. Dan from Indy. What up? Um, I, I know they show, like, the, the video footage of, the, like, the first-round players of them being drafted and everything like that. And that's cool and all, but, you know, these guys are expected or, like, expecting to be drafted. So, like, not a lot of them are, like, super-duper, like, hyped, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's like, you know... Yeah, okay, this is my team. But what would be really cool is, like, watching and seeing reactions of guys who were not expecting to be drafted, like the guys in the sixth, seventh round, like the the guys who (laughs) had no idea. Like, I think that would be really cool uh, content to, to watch. So kind of my thought about yeah, and I know I've seen certain things kind of like that where they show these guys that, um, you know, they don't know. that they, they might be sixth, seventh round guys. They might be undrafted free agents. They might not get picked up. And so, yeah, you get to see their reactions. And uh, I don't remember where I saw that, but it was interesting. And, um, yeah, some of these guys, you know, it, it gets real intense after the draft because suddenly, although your phone was quiet, now it's getting blown up left and right, you know, getting tons of calls, hey, uh, it's the Seahawks. We're, you know, just hang in there. We're 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 gonna talk to you in just a minute. We got to talk to this other guy, and then somebody else calls, and oh my good, and it's just this absolute flurry and whirlwind where you know thirty seconds ago nobody wanted you, and now everybody's fighting over you. But they, yeah, but then there are other guys who don't even get that, you know. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's there's guys who are there in studio. Um, their name gets called, and they're just kind of like, "Yep, that's me. Here I go." They've had a more slow and progressive uh, unraveling of the reality of how impactful this is going to be, as opposed to like this one moment when you realize I'm going to the NFL and I'm going to be a football player and all that. See, I get what you're saying. Faux show. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. No, it's my time. I don't hope you can hear me. I'm in the loader heading to go do snow removal. Listen to uh, listen to Packernet uh, after dark. Cool, man. Um, hearing you talk about how people. Wants you to you know, want everybody to like pick teams and be on the side. Yeah. You know what? So I think a lot of it's it's like politics. People carry their political ideals and, and viewpoints into like the general world. You know, if I'm a Democrat, no matter what the Democrats do, stupid or not, I'm always a Democrat and I'm always going to support the Democrats. I'll never let anybody bash the Democrats. Same thing with the Republicans. You know, I'm I'm always with the Republican Republican Party, and I choose whatever they do and say is just perfect and right, and everything's off. Awesome. And so they bring that kind of mentality into their sports. Yeah. You know, I don't like this guy. I don't like this coach. I don't like this team. And it's ubiquitous. It's, I, I can't say anything other. Or I'm so pro them that, or I'm pro them, and I'm so freaking pro them that I, I can't say anything negative about them. I always got to support them. Well, yeah, and it, it's even more than that because it's not just some people do that. That's what's expected. That's the norm. That's what people do. You pick a team and you stay on that team. That's why I said people are confused by the fact that sometimes I'm, you know, scouring. That's not the word. Um, skewering. There it is. 
Aaron Rodgers, and then the next time I'm defending him against ridiculous attacks, and people are like, dude, pick a team. And it's like, no. <laughs> That's not how this works. I, it, it's cheesy, but my team is the truth. I mean, I might get it wrong, but that's what I'm shooting for. And and yeah, I mean, I think the norm is like you're confusing. I don't understand. Like, what team? Pick a freaking team because I'm trying to decide if you're one of us or one of the bad guys. And so a lot of times I just get cast aside. Like, I don't know. He's just one of the bad guys. I don't want him over here because he keeps saying good things about Rodgers, or I don't want him over here because he keeps saying bad things about Rodgers. It's like okay, well, whatever. And that's not to say everybody that defends him or everybody that's against him is because of that. I mean, maybe it's just that's the conclusion they've come to. But it is it is a very common thing to have people kind of look at you cross-eyed when one minute you, you know, and, and again, you do that in politics. Like if you go on social media right now and say something positive about, you know, Donald Trump, you're going to be put into camps by everybody. And then if you come out later and, and make fun of him or talk about how he was a trash president or whatever – it's it's kind of like a wait what i thought you were we we already put you in that team i don't understand what you're doing there's there's just there's confusion like i don't know what to do with that and it's kind of weird um and and it's 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 not that i don't get it because i even i kind of have that where it's like okay here's the thing and and i kind of stutter doing it like what's your problem like i don't know are you sure like should we check that again you should run the numbers again maybe it's not uh like what? What? What are you doing? I don't understand. So, yeah, I don't know, man. We're we're weird. Uh, humans are weird. I think we're just wired that way to be sort of tribalistic, which sucks, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's that's a people thing. You know, yeah. most most people I don't think are like that, but I think the ones that are are real vocal about maintaining their point because they don't want to be wrong. I can't be wrong. My side is always right. I always have to support my side. It's always right. And anybody else that isn't on my side is a total jerk, and I can't stand them, and I hate them, and they're stupid. And, you know, it's, that's that's how they roll it, man. So you just kind of got to bat around them. That's what I do. I just ignore it. You know, I know they talk, but I ignore them. I don't care what they say. You know, I'm allowed to have my opinion. You know, you're allowed to change your opinion. I, you know, a lot of those types of people, if you use to change your opinion, they don't think you can you know, five years ago, you thought, hey, well, today I think differently. It was five years ago. No, no, no. Five years right. ago, you said this particular thing. So that must be what you got to believe. So that's, that's it's stupid, but air people, man. So I'm, I'm going to go back to listen to your show. I got another half an hour or 45 minutes before I get to my job site. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Well, yeah, and that's exacerbated by social media and, you know, pulling receipts and freezing cold takes and all that stuff because people get dug in, right? Oh, look, you said this. And, you know, again, rather than people just having the ability to say, yeah, got that one wrong, my bad, we got to dig in. Well, technically, or, you know, we, we, we got to fight about it. And it's, it's stupid because everybody on planet Earth has been wrong about stuff, Right. So why are you pulling receipts as though you weren't wrong? I mean, I get that sometimes it's funny, but it's, it's I, and, and don't, who can, the person that's doing that to you is wrong about everything. This is the one time they got something right, and they're just trying to take a victory lap. Don't take it so personal that you make yourself look like an idiot by digging yourself in deeper and actually defending it. They got gotcha, you, okay, whatever, and it's not a big deal. 
because saying things and having opinions isn't a bad thing, even if sometimes you're wrong. The only thing you need to do is correct your opinion when you're wrong and move on. And if other people want to be entrenched in their beliefs and pull receipts and do all that stuff, that's their problem. They're going to be stuck over there being wrong about 50% of their beliefs because, you know, they're just stuck on that side. And if things are all things being equal, you get it right about half the time, uh, which is a crap hit rate. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, But again, I, 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 I would differ in that I think most people are, are more so wired that way. Maybe not in everything, but in a lot of things. Um, just once you have an opinion, that's it. And it's really hard to change that opinion because especially because we we get so vocal about it. You know, it's hard it's it it's not that hard to change your opinion if you're just investigating, but once you've made up your mind and then you go run out there and you've, you know, evangelized your opinion and have pointed out facts and have gotten into arguments and everything else, now you're entrenched. And now it's hard to come out and be like, "Hey, uh yeah, I don't super believe that oh whoa whoa, whoa, what happened pulling receipts and look what you said you're an idiot so yeah that's how that goes good morning ryan hey tempering aka packer super fan hey ryan just wanted uh don't have a whole lot for you this morning just one question okay what is the dollar amount the packers have to be under the salary cap in order to be able to trade Aaron Rodgers. Because I hear a lot of different things. Uh, my understanding is that if he is traded, it's a $40 million cap hit this year unless they do a, a, a June 1 or later uh, transaction. Um, and then it drops down to like $15 million or something. Um, but what is, how much under the salary cap do they have to be in order to uh, trade Rodgers? And what you know how does you know how how does that work with where they stand right now after the uh, uh, Jair and uh, Preston Smith um, restructures? Um, got a whole got a lot of other opinions I'd love to share, but still that time this morning. Yep. Uh, this thing with uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> and uh, and the whole dynamic uh, with the Seahawks and. What it most likely is exactly like that in Green Bay, I think, is is hilarious, and I and I and I true, I think it's true. I think that's exactly what's going on. We've got a very weak coach, head coach, who's being basically run by the quarterback. Um, I think to, to some degree, the whole entire organization um, has taken the Matt Lafleur approach or the um, Daniel Hackett approach, and, and why it's why we're in the mess we're in right now. Uh, but that's that's for another day. Uh, so love to hear what you think. Thanks. Yeah. So I I, I forget. I I know I knew the numbers, and then I kind of moved on and forgot. But I, I think what you're saying is is roughly what my recollection was. Um, it it's about forty million dollars it would cost us uh, this year if we trade them this year, and it's about I think fifteen sixteen if we do a post June one, which is essentially trading them next year. Um, cap hit this year so in if we do a post june one which i kind of think is going to happen uh, which would mean we would not get any draft picks this year and would get them next year we would save money 
So that would be an additional, call it $15 million in the bank. We're at about 6.4, so that puts us over 20, which puts us in a fantastic position to be able to go out and get some free agents, to be able to resign some of our own guys, et cetera, et cetera, and not have to continue tweaking contracts and whatnot. If we did a uh, trade and wanted to get them off the books this year, it's possible, but let's go with your number of $40 million, which again, I think is roughly correct. He's at 31.6, so it it's about $8.5 million. And since we're at 6.5, that means we're going to be $2 million in the red, which is not that big of a deal. But considering you want to probably re-sign some guys and have 8 to 10 in your war chest after you sign your draft picks and everything else, we've got a long way to go. So, I mean, what what would that add up to? We need it. So if we need 8.5 for Rodgers, we need, say, $12 million for our rookie class, which might be less than that because there's the whole top whatever number thing. Um, plus, we want to have about $10 million in our war chest. You're looking at about $30 million that you want free, and we have 6.5. So, I mean, even if we say we only want, let's call it $6 million left over, and that's assuming we re-sign zero people, we need to free up. $20 million in addition to what we've got right now. Because technically, we are probably still negative right now. We don't have enough money to sign a draft class to bring back any of the guys that we like to maybe bring back. You know, I mean, Amos, Lowry, Crosby, Mercedes, Lazard, Tunyon, Jaron Reed, Randall Cobb, Dallin Levitt, Rudy Ford, Eric Wilson, Corey Ballantine, Keyshawn Nixon, for crying out loud. Uh, Yash Nyman, Chris Barnes, Tyler Davis, Justin Hollins. You know, I mean, if, if, if that, if just that pool, let's say it costs us $5 million, we need $25 million. But again, if we do post June 1, instead of needing eight, we get 15. So we're all set. We might be a little short, you know, we might need a little bit of extra money or whatever, but um, certainly puts us in a much better situation. All right, we did get three Trucker Bob calls, but um, it looks like it's one giant call, and I listened. To, I started it to listen to it, and um, it is. He wants to unload all of his thoughts now that he's home, but why don't we go ahead and save that for tomorrow? So with that said, you guys have yourselves a fantastic night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.